Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Dave. Enjoyed uh, those selections this morning and, or this evening. And uh, good to be with you again uh, tonight. And um, what I want to do uh, tonight and um, Wednesday night is look at um, two psalms. Tonight we're going to look at Psalm 106. And on uh, Wednesday night, Lord willing, uh, we'll look at Psalm 107. And as I mentioned this morning, I always like to title my messages, and this one is The Anatomy of Backsliding. The Anatomy of Backsliding. On uh, Wednesday night, we'll look at The Anatomy of Salvation. So these two psalms are wonderful psalms, and um, we'll take some verses here tonight and look at The Anatomy of Backsliding. But before we do that, let's uh, just again ask the Lord to bless our time. Father in heaven, we do come before thee, God, and ask you, Father, to be with us tonight. I pray for each and every one that's gathered here under the sound of thy word, Father. Uh, Father, we pray for growth. We we thank you for the word of God, which uh, is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to penetrate even unto dividing joints, marrow, soul, and spirit. It's able to judge the attitudes and thoughts of our heart. Nothing is hidden. Everything is laid bare and is naked before the eyes with whom we have to do. Father, we just take this word tonight. We pray that uh, we would apply it to our own lives. And Father, uh, tonight I pray for each and every one that's come. That they would uh, be blessed as uh, we um, consider these things tonight, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 106, and we'll look at a few verses here. The anatomy of backsliding. Psalm 106 gives um, a fair amount of detail to the uh, wanderings of uh, the nation of Israel, but we'll just take a few verses tonight. I want to make six points on... um, on backsliding. And uh, look at verse uh, 7. It says here, Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Look at verse 13. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. And verse 21. They forgot God, their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt. So the first point tonight is the first step in backsliding is forgetfulness. Forgetting what God has done for us. You know, in the Old Testament, um, there was um, given to the nation of Israel a feast. It was the feast of the Passover. And that feast was a remembrance feast. It was to be celebrated as a feast as to what that God had done for the nation of Israel. We have a feast, don't we? It's called the Lord's Supper. It's, a, it's, it's rightly called a remembrance service. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir here tonight. Because as I look at your faces, uh, if uh, most of you, if not all, 
we're here this morning, but I know just from looking at you that most of you come on a regular basis. But you know what? That's just not an exercise in uh, religiosity that we do, you know. It's, um, it's, 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 it's there for our benefit. Why is it uh, a sacrament of the, of the church? There's a reason for it. And, and there's a very practical reason for it. You know, because some people, they never really figure out what we do on Sunday morning. And that is, we come to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it sounds simple, but it's so easy to forget, isn't it, what God has done for us. Now, I'm going to give you a little clue. You know, my mother used to have an expression saying, listen to yourself. You know, I guess when I was whining or whatever. Do you ever listen to yourself? Listen to yourself. What comes out of your mouth? Have you ever listened really to yourself? And um, one of the first steps in backsliding is, is, is forgetting. But here's what happens to your tongue. You stop praising God. We become like the Israelites. They became murmurers in the wilderness. They forgot. They were longing to get back to Egypt. It wasn't long. You know, they forgot what state they were in. They, you know, get me back to those onions and the garlic and the Mediterranean diet that was so good uh, for us back in Egypt. Was it? They had forgotten that they were nothing but slaves in Egypt. And they had cried out to God and He had delivered them. But they forgot. wasn't long. But you know what? We can be like that, can't we? We can focus in on the negative. We forget to count our many blessings, name them one by one. Count our many blessings and see what God has done. Because we forget. We're easy, and that's why uh, the Lord Himself instituted this service of remembrance. Now, of course, we ought to remember every day. You know, we ought to remember every day. You know, you take out Ephesians chapter, um, chapter 2. I often read that passage before the Lord's Supper. And, and because there's five D's there, and I, it reminds me of our state. You know, the... Um, the, the, the diagnosis of, of our hearts was not good. It was bleak. You look uh, at, at, the, at the five Ds. Uh, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. You know, I, I don't know about you, but dead is dead. I mean, we had no life. We had no... Communication, the lines between us and God were completely uh, cut off. The Bible says that we were at, uh, at enmity with God. We were God's enemies. We were under the wrath of God. Dead in our trespasses and sins. We were disobedient. We were born that way. The Bible goes on to say in that passage 
that we were uh, uh, depraved. You know what depravity means? It means you got a bent. It's, uh, it's, it's a term, really, uh, in, in anatomy that uh, uh, would describe a person that is uh, off-center. They have a bent. They're, we had a bent towards sin, towards disobedience. If, if God would say, go this way, we go the other way in our nature. That's, that's how bad it was. You know, as Christians, sometimes we forget. Uh, you know, perhaps... You know, that some of you are here today and you are brought up in a Christian home. And you, and you know, you got saved at a young age. And good for you. But dead is dead. You know, I, I, there, there was three people that, that God raised from the dead. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Uh, one was a young person. You remember that? And uh, the next one was... Um, that uh, young man, his uh, mother was a widow, remember the widow of, uh, of uh, name? Remember that story? And the third one was Lazarus. And the only difference is one, as far as we know, stinketh already. And that was Lazarus. So, what's the difference? All three were dead. All needed to be raised to life. Even that little girl. The dead is dead. And you know, you might be a, a, a young Christian brought up in a Christian home and maybe you, you know, I don't really have a testimony. You know, yes, you do. You do have a testimony. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. You can sing that. Every bit, every bit as much as me who got saved at 30 years old. What's the difference? I might have stinketh a little bit more than you. That's all. Right? I was a little bit more like Lazarus in the tomb four days. Don't open that up. Ooh. You know? But that's really, well, what's the difference? And, and one of the steps in backsliding is that we forget. We forget that Jesus had to go to the cross and pay for your sins every bit as much as He had to go to the cross and pay for my sins. It still cost Him the same. We were diabolical. You know, I, I, the, the last time I think, or maybe the time before that I was here, I, I did a series on what in the world is going on, and we looked. At, uh, at, 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 you know, in behind the scenes of what the world was going on. But you know, that you and I, we used to, uh, there's somebody in a, that's uh, a neighbor over here in uh, Florida that Rosie and I have gotten to know. She's a very nice lady from Canada, and we've really enjoyed her. Uh, you know, and, uh, but you know what she likes to do? Line dance. That's her biggest thing in life, is line dancing. I don't know about you, but... Uh, Anyway, I, I could never line dance, I don't think. But we used to. I used to line dance with the devil. When he said, go this way, I went that way. When he said, go this way, I went that way. And so did you. The Bible says that we're diabolical. We were born in, in the, into this world. And that we followed after the prince of this world. Now, you might not see yourself like that. But the Bible is very clear. 
Folks, if we take an x-ray on our hearts and realize who we really are, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's your heart and that's my heart. There isn't anybody in this room, in the flesh, that didn't have a wicked heart. And one of the steps of backsliding is we forget that. And we become ungrateful. The Apostle Paul in all of his, uh, his uh, epistles, the, thing, the theme of, the, of his epistles from, from starting in Galatians, is uh, in there is the, uh, the, the word, and I give thanks, and I give thanks, and thanksgiving, and thanksgiving, and giving thanks. In all things give thanks. You know what, folks? Let's be thankful, people. You know, Dave said, let's not make New Year's resolutions. And I agree with that, by the way. But, you know, a good thing that we might practice more, let's be thankful. Like my mother says, listen to yourself. What comes out of your mouth? Is it praise unto our God? You know what? That's one of the... Uh, uh, one of the uh, um, Indications that we're filled with the Holy Spirit is praise unto our God. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not falling down in front of the altar. It's actual praise unto our God. You think of those ten lepers. All ten were healed. One comes back to give thanks. And what did the Lord ask? Where's the other nine? You know, we forget, and that's why it's so important. Uh, uh, in that step of uh, backsliding. Be careful, uh, Christian, that we're not on that slippery slope that goes downwards in our lives uh, towards uh, backsliding. Look at verse uh, 13. This is the second point. They soon forgot His works We talked about that, but here's the second point. They waited not for His counsel. This is uh, a step in backsliding. Step number two. And that is impatience. Getting ahead of God can lead to backsliding. It's It's a sign of backsliding. Getting ahead of God. My favorite psalm is Psalm 40. I waited patiently on the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. And he brought me out of a horrible pit and uh, put my feet upon a rock. And he took me out of that miry clay and he put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. And many will hear and many will see and put their trust in God. Psalm 40 says, wait patiently on God. You know what? Sometimes, Christian, God's answer is wait. It's not yes. It's not no, it's wait. And I can tell you, when Tony Martin has got into the most trouble in my Christian life, is when I got ahead of God. Yeah, 
I've seen a lot of young people, by the way, get ahead of God. Over the years, I could give you case history after case history of young people who uh, were lonely, wanted to, uh, to hitch up. That's a Canadian term. Uh, and you know what? They didn't wait on God. And they made a decision. And they got ahead of God. You know, God is uh, on our side. God wants uh, the very best for us. And uh, sometimes in, 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 in uh, decisions, uh, in business, sometimes in uh, finances, sometimes in purchases, uh, things like that. You know, God is interested in every part of our life. And we need to wait on Him. We need to wait on Him. Uh, you know, because um, we often will uh, use our own wisdom and, uh, and live to regret uh, some of the decisions that we make when we get ahead of God. That's the second one. The third one is found in verse uh, 14. But lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. They lusted exceedingly. Look at verse 35. And it says, But were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. Mingling. We used to play uh, a game with uh, young people years ago. I don't know if young people still do it. But it used to be called mingle. And uh, everybody would just, uh, I, I, think, I can't remember if we did it with music or not, but there'd be all these young people at a conference or on uh, a Saturday night in our hometown when we were involved with the young people and we called it mingle. And they would, mingled meant just walk around. But when the music stopped, you had to find one person and uh, you hitched on to that person. And of course, the last one to get there was out. And then we just started eliminating. We called that game mingle. But the Bible here says it, it's a step in backsliding because they were mingling with the heathen. Now, as I mentioned this morning... It's important to note, Christian, that God has not called us out of the world. Our dear brother this morning at the first meeting um, read John 17, the whole chapter. I really enjoyed that. But one of the verses in John 17 is this. I do not pray uh, to take them out of the world. Because sometimes Christians... Uh, we can um, be, we think that, uh, that if we are in the world, we're going to mingle with the world. Now, there's a big difference there. God hasn't taken us out, but on the other hand, He doesn't want us to isolate ourselves either. He's not asking us to be monks and to go live on an island. And, uh, and, I, and I, listen, I just want to say it again, and I want to say it carefully, and I want to just be uh, very sensitive. 
And I know the world is changing. And I, I'm not sure if I'm not changing my mind because of it. But I say to you parents, those little ones that are with you parents are going to, I've got the potential to be the greatest evangelist. Uh, remember that. We spend a lot of time, money, and resources in the assemblies and churches, and we minister to adults. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do it, but I think sometimes, and I love this assembly because of the young people here. I, I, you have no idea, because I travel around a fair amount and there are, are, are assemblies that would die to have what you folks have here. Believe me when I tell you that. Uh, no kids. Everybody's my age. That's not a good thing. <laughs> That's not a healthy thing. Believe me. But parents listen to me with young kids. I'm not even going to... I'm going to just say for a second about schooling. Look, if you decide to homeschool... That's between you and God. But remember one thing. You want to train your children to be evangelists. And I know. I know what the... I don't bury my head in the sand. I understand. You have no idea. We, in our province of Ontario, there is a new curriculum that just come out. It's forced upon the public schools in Ontario, the province in which I live. And it's sexual... Uh, teaching and orientation course given to starting in kindergarten. I'm not kidding you. We have a lesbian uh, uh, premier of our province. And she has an agenda and she's, get, she's got a majority government and she's, go, she's just doing it. And, uh, and, uh, and nobody's got anything to say about it. Now that's a scary thing, isn't it? But I'll tell you, folks, from what I read in scriptures, is that Noah lived in that time. Noah lived in a time like that. And we need to train our kids to be evangelists in this world. To go out. And, you know, if you, if you just put them in a cocoon and they have no exposure... To the world out there, I tell you, we're making a mistake if we do that. So I just plead with you as parents. I don't want your kids to mingle in a sense that they're not to, to, to uh, you know, it was different in the 80s when my kids were young. But it wasn't like squeaky clean either. And we, we, we sent them to school, and you know what? We undid a lot of the things that they were learning at the kitchen table. And that's up to parents to watch. Don't bury your head in the sand, parents. Watch. See who they're hanging around with. Be careful. Always be on the lookout. I used to tell my kids, you're going to have to get up awful early to fool your dad. Because if you think that you're going to do anything that I didn't do, first of all, uh, I tell you, you're not going to fool me. And I was very, very much. Rosie and I, we had strategy sessions. We go out on a date on Friday night. We still do. And now we strategize for our grandchildren. <laughs> but we used to strategize. Where are they at? Rosie would, you know, she was, uh, she was the, uh, the thermostat. 
Because Rosie knew where the kids were at. They knew what, where the issues were. And uh, we would sit there and talk about it. And what's our strategy? And we've we got to really pray. And one of them is struggling. Or blah, blah, blah. Right? But folks, listen to me. God hasn't taken us out of this world. The world's a bad place. But He wants you in it. He wants you to be the light of the world. He wants you to be the salt of the earth. I was so encouraged recently when, uh, you know, sometimes you think nothing's happening, right? You're, you're letting your light shine. Uh, you know, I, have, I wasn't able to witness to this guy too much, but I knew he knew where I stood. And uh, you know what? When his life came apart at the seams, guess who he called? You know what I mean? Folks, that's why we need to be in the world. God's not going to save the world per se, but He is going to save individuals in the world. You know, and I was thinking of that verse as I was reading uh, Esther the other day, when uh, Mordecai said, well, how do you know that you weren't put in that position, Esther, for this very thing? How do you know? And you know what, folks? You live in a street. You go to work. You're in school. How do you know that God hasn't put you right in that position uh, so that you can touch someone? And if you're not, if you're not on that page, you could be head, heading towards backsliding. You see, folks, we're in a battle. We're in a fight. And so often Christians, they think they're, they're in the reserve. They'll just get called out when needed. You're in a fight every day. And I think the more we are aware of that, the more we realize that we're not going to listen to the heathen, but we're going to go out there amongst the heathen. And we're going to let our light shine. And when possible, we're going to share Christ with them. They lusted exceedingly and went after uh, the things of the world. When you think of examples in the Scriptures, um, there's so many, really. But, you know, you think of, of, of Samson who flirted with the world. You know, I often contrast Samson because he had such a, a very... Uh, talk about potential. <laughs> when you read about Samson and about his... Um, his miraculous birth, his calling, even before he was born. And you put him up against John the Baptist and you, and you go, you know what? Even though they were uh, many hundred years apart, they were very, very, very similar. Godly parents, you know, uh, a, a calling before uh, they were even born. They were set apart at birth. And they were, to ha they were given a task by God. And you know, John the Baptist took it seriously. And what did, uh, what did Samson do? He flirted with the world. He mingled. Uh, the world really was his home. And he, uh, you know, he gets uh, used as an example of backsliding. Lot, prob probably the granddaddy of all backsliders. Saved? Yes. 
Will we see Him in heaven? Absolutely. The Bible says that His righteous soul was vexed every day. It bothered Lot when he saw what was going on in Sodom. He, you know, prophetically, if he could have looked forward, he'd say, oh boy, this is like North America in uh, 2015. That's what Sodom is like. Isn't that true? But he was a backslider. He mingled. He, 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 he loved this present world, much like Demas did. What are the results of backsliding? Look at verse 14. It says, um, It said, But lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. In verse 15 it says, And He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. You know, be careful, Christian, what you pray for. Be careful what you pray for. Make sure it's part of God's will. Because sometimes God will allow things in your life. You wanted it so bad, okay. Go for it. You want it? Go for it. I've seen a lot of people regret what they asked for years later. Be careful. God sent leanness into their soul. Uh, They lost their song in their heart. No more uh, praise to God. The Bible becomes boring to read. Leanness in the soul. Um, Trouble talking about Jesus. Leanness in the soul. Forsaking the assembling of one another as is the custom of some. Leanness in the soul. Christian, we need each other. We need to provoke one another unto love and to good works. That's the reason that we come. We come to get fed. But we come as a, you've got a gift. God's given you a gift. He's expected you, uh, expecting you to use it right here. The gift that He's given you, it's a supernatural gift, is to be used in the assembly. I, I know a lot of Christians, they don't even know what their gift is. They don't know. And then... Look at verse um, 24. This is the fifth point. Verse 24. Yea, they despise the pleasant land. They believed not His word. Is it possible, Christian? Is it possible that a Christian could get to the point in their life in backsliding where they literally despise the pleasant land. Despise the Word of God. It's a good question, isn't it? You know, I used to use this term a fair amount. Are these? Uh, I called them the four D's of backsliding. You start by drifting, doubting, uh, uh, becoming dull, and then finally despising the very Word of God. Rosie and I have friends. Uh, When I got on my knees on October the 14th in 1982, I had two people with me. My wife was upstairs. She had no idea what I was doing. 
But I've been reading the New Testament for several months, especially the Gospel of John. And I came to the point in my life that I fully understood uh, the Gospel and I wanted to be saved. And in uh, Timmins, Ontario, on October the 14th, 1982, I got on my knees and uh, I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. There was two guys beside me that were on their knees praying with me. And uh, one of them um, had a major impact in my life. And his wife had a major impact in my wife's uh, uh, coming to the Lord. He was an old uh, high school friend of mine and uh, got s saved. And... Um, I played uh, sports with him and, in high school, and we were very good friends. He went off to university one way, I went the other way. And uh, anyway, uh, ten years later, uh, here we are. In uh, He's right beside me getting uh, when I got saved. He helps lead me to the Lord. Today, I can't even talk to him about Jesus. They have a place in Florida here, and uh, Rosie and I, uh, they live very close to my sister. My sister lives, uh, lives. her winter home is in uh, Port St. Lucie. We went up to Port St. Uh, Lucie in November, and uh, Rosie and I, um, you know, we're asking about our friends, um, because they're friends, they're, they're next door neighbors to my sister, who's not saved. And um, my my sister was a little sheepish because I you know there was we were talking about going over to see them. I hadn't seen them in in quite a while. And my you know what my sister said. She said, "Tony, you're not welcome there. They don't want to see you." I I was deeply hurt by that. Here are people that uh, I broke bread with. He was an elder, a fellow elder in our assembly. And now, you can't even talk to him about Jesus. And I mean that. And his wife even more so than him. Is it possible that a Christian could get to that point in a backslidden state to the point that they despise. I don't know. I, I, you know, the, the only question I have is whether he was ever saved. Could it be? I remember having Bible studies with him. Just him and I, one on one. And I would walk out of there. I would fly out of there. I was so pumped up. As a baby Christian. I don't know. But it certainly happened to the Israelites. And you know of course the Israelites not, weren't necessarily all saved. Uh, we know that. But do you know what I'm getting at? Is it possible to get to that point Christian? You know I, I, I use this verse a lot. But I, I use it in, in terms of for, for Tony. In a lot of different situations, and here's one I'll use it again. 
I said it this morning, but I'll say it again. Take heed that he that thinketh he standeth, lest he fall. I always want to be aware of my own feelings. I want to always be sensitive to the fact that without Christ, without His grace, that I must step away from walking away on the wrong path. Now I know once saved, always saved. I understand that. And I, ha- I have peace in my heart because of what Christ has done for me. I don't question what happened to me. But I, but I'm always, you know, I, 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 I agree with the Apostle Paul. I put my hand up and say, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? I, I'm reminded of these things. I never want to get to the point. I want to be like the Apostle Paul who said, I have finished the race. You know what, Christian? I don't know. You know, I mean, in my secular life sometimes, you know, you, you, and you might know what I'm talking about here, that, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, stuff that is new age. And so, you know, be careful with this stuff. But, you know, there's a, there's a certain amount of, 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 of certain truth to it that we can certainly apply biblical uh, uh, passages to. For example... They often use this thing, well, visualize, right? Like goals. If you've got to have a goal, you need to visualize that. And I don't think that's wrong for a Christian to see themselves finishing well. I, I, I see myself. I, I want to finish well. You know, when I, when I, when I uh, got married, the night before I got married... I, I, I was in, in, in my bed, and I was thinking, you know, big decision, right? And I was sitting there going, you know what? And my dad used to tell me this. You know what, Tony? That's forever. Now, I wasn't a Christian, but that's forever. So I sat there that night and going, you know what? This isn't just a date here. That's Forever. But I visualized myself, just like my dad and mom. There was never a talk. I never heard the word in my home. Never, not once, ever heard the, the word divorce. I never heard it. It wasn't an option. That's security, isn't it? For a home. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just saying, with Rosie, I just never, ever, ever, I said to myself that night, this is Forever. And when I say I do tomorrow, I'm going to mean it. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I perform a lot of marriage uh, um, ceremonies. And um, I've got a pretty good uh, record, if you were to count, but i got some that... Because they, when they said I do, they didn't really mean it. Forever? No. <laughs> Till death do us part? Uh, no. But folks, listen... Um, I want to finish well. How about you? Is that a goal for you? Can you visualize that? Put that in your little uh, thinking there tonight. And say, you know what? As for me, as for me, I don't care what anybody else does. I am going to finish this race. I am going to finish this race. 
And then lastly, let me finish with this. In uh, verse 37, it says this, Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. The sixth point of backsliding is this. The result of backsliding, Christian, is that one thing is you never backslide in a vacuum. My experience has been this. People that backslide bring people with them. And especially parents. Listen. Young people to be parents. Listen. You walk away from God. You hit your wagon with the wrong person. You won't see it like that. But you're sacrificing the offspring that will come out of there to the devil. I'm telling you. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. It'll be like the book of Judges where the next generation did not know the Lord. And that's what happens, folks. Look, at it's tough enough raising kids for Christ even in the best of homes. Because you got the world, you got the flesh, and you got the devil that hates your guts and hates your kids' guts even more. It's not easy to raise kids for Christ. But I'll tell you, if you're in a backslidden state, parent, you are sacrificing your kids to idols. You know what, folks? By the grace of God, and I mean this by the very grace of God. Rosie and I lined up. And we had a goal. That our kids, and now our grand... See, my responsibility isn't over yet. Because it says this about Abraham. He will command his children and his children's children to follow after the Lord. And you know what? I'm very involved in my grandchildren's life. I remind them, I'm a little easier on them than I was on my kids probably. Kids, grandchildren, you know, come on. But, you know what? I want them to go on for Christ. It's, it's my goal as a grandfather. I want to see my grandchildren go on for Jesus Christ. I want to see them make the right choices in life. I thank God by the grace of God that their parents, that my kids marry godly uh, spouses and in their homes today. And I thank God. I do it on a daily basis. I thank God. Oh, Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, to see, watch those kids being brought up in, 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 the, uh, in the local church. And their friends are in the local church. And they're going on for Christ. And they've made decisions already. i got a, a grandson that turns 18 tomorrow. And I was thinking of him today. And I said, there's a, there's a nice young man. A godly young man. 
that has made choices in his life already. You know, it's tough. Tough today, isn't it? But folks, you got to see this. You young people, you got to see it. you got to look forward. you got to realize that the impact that you will make, the decisions that you will make, it, 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 these things are eternal. Imagine the thought. I was talking to a guy that, you, you met him here. He, 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 he led me to Christ. Remember? I brought him here a few times. I love that man. With all my heart, I owe him my life. When, when uh, I was a, a rebel and he, he shared Jesus Christ with me, I almost tore his head off. But his kids today, his kids today, there's no talk of Jesus. His kids, his grandchildren, there's no, you know, because my, my friend, and I love him dearly, but he made decisions years ago. You know, he, 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 didn't, he didn't want us, he didn't like the church he was going to. And down here in Florida, we were driving uh, on 95 one day, a couple of years ago. And we were sitting there and we were talking about his kids, how they were washed out spiritually. And he said, you know what, Tony? He said, I was too hard on those kids. I said, you know what, John? It's the opposite. You weren't hard enough. Remember I talked about anger this morning? There is a time to have righteous anger, you know. As long as it's in control. But you know what? He he told me something that I knew him. I said, John, you were too soft. You don't negotiate with kids. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When we go to church, we go to church. I don't negotiate. I don't negotiate with a 12-year-old. What do you think he is, a lawyer? You want to eat? You're in my house? You want a meal and a bed? Then you do what we do. We don't negotiate that. Okay, Dad. (laughs) But if you negotiate... I'm telling you, it happens. Kids run the show. And that's what happened in his home. I'm telling you, I watched that happen. He wasn't tough enough. Young people and older people like me, I don't want to be a backslider. I don't want to forget what God has done for me. I never want to despise the things of God. I want to finish this race. And until the Lord takes me away and takes me out of here, I want to serve Him and I want to go forward. How about you? Let's pray. Father, again, we do thank You, God, for this time. And I I thank You again for these precious folks here tonight, Lord. And we just ask you to really bless them. Put your loving arms around them, Father. And um, Father, we, we, uh, we know that all these things are written in the Old Testament for our examples. Father, we can use them uh, to, um, to look at them. Look at, look at what happened even to the nation of Israel. We can apply it to our lives individually, corporately. And Father, help us to be sensitive 
to your spirit. Father, I, I think of a verse that uh, I was uh, thinking about today. You know, search me, O God, and, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. If there be any hurtful way in me, lead me in the everlasting way. Father, is there anything in my life uh, tonight that needs to be dealt with? Is there any, uh, is there any uh, thing that's uh, setting me back, Father, that's uh, hindering my, my advancement, my walk, and my growth with you? Father, uh, show it to me clearly. Let me confess it as such and deal with it. And Father, we thank you in advance for what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen.